Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Praise God. So I wanted to read a passage uh, from my book in chapter 3. And uh, chapter 3 of my book is called uh, The Company That We Keep. And uh, I particularly wrote that particular chapter because uh, as Christians, we have to be careful of... um, some associations uh, that we can have. So let me just read uh, this particular paragraph from my book. Uh, It is time for us to put away or separate ourselves from bad company and childish things like jealousies, envies, racism, sexual perversion of any kind, gossip, and backbiting against one another. This kind of mixture is destroying our relationships, families, communities, and churches. Mixture obliterates our ability to coalesce around the single purpose of knowing him and making him known. God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light of his dear son so we can illuminate every dark environment and situation we face. We have the power to change the course of history, but God would not send us out to change the world if we have already allowed the world to change us. We must be the change we wish to see in the world by allowing God to shape and to mold us to his design specifications. That, that was in uh, my book. Uh, matter of fact, I, uh, I had it here, but it was so long, I wanted to just read it uh, to you. That's in chapter 3 of the company that we keep. So that moves right into, because this was one of my foundational scriptures of that particular chapter that says, for he has rescued us from, somebody say from, he had somebody say from? from he has rescued us from the powers of darkness and translated us to somebody say to, to the kingdom of his dear son. So this is called the doctrine of separation because he separated us from some things, but separated us to some things as well. Amen. Now, we've already talked about what he separated us from. So we're talking about now what he's separating us to. Uh, there can be no rescue without separation. You can't be translated to the kingdom unless you have been separated from the powers of darkness by the sacrificial shedding of Jesus' blood. So this will not happen without Jesus. You can't be separated from some of these things that you are tied into without the sacrificial lamb of God. There are some things, saints of God, you will never be able to get yourself out of. You're going to have to lean on the power and the efficacious blood of Jesus Christ for you to get out of some of these situations. There are some demons that are not going to let you go until you put the power of God on on him. So somebody say, put the Lord on it. So when we go to the passage that we found over in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is actually an Old Testament reference found in Isaiah chapter 52, and it was referring to the Jewish exile from captivity going back to Jerusalem. So in other words, when he said, come out from among them and be separate, he was actually speaking a prophecy to say, now that you have been in bondage for so long, it's time for you to move from Babylon and back to Jerusalem. So, okay, I got some mm and I got an ah. So that's good. So, 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 so let me just give you the scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11. It says, go now, leave your bonds and slavery. Put Babylon behind you with everything it represents, for it is unclean to you. 
You are the Lord's holy people. Purify yourselves. You who carry home the vessels of the Lord. I like that piece where it says, put Babylon behind you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to put Babylon behind you. <laughs> See, Babylon was only interested in making the people captives. See, see, this is what Babylon is. God was interested in setting people free. So here's my point. Some Christians are released, but they never experience being rescued because they refuse to put Babylon behind them. You see, Babylon represents anything, any person, or any mindset that will keep you bound and enslaved. That's why he said you got to put Babylon behind you. There are some things, saints of God, that you do have to put behind you. That's why Apostle Paul said when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So the first when, well, he says when I was a child, I did things like a child. I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. I pouted like a child. I was mad like a child. I was in fear like a child. He said, but when I became a childish man, I, I became a man, I put away childish things. And so what we have to do is catch our second win. The win is when we grow up and become adults, there are some things that you're trying to tell God to take away, but he's not going to take it away if you should be putting it away. Good gracious of life. So God can't take away what we should be putting away, right, saints? There are some things we're putting on God, and God is saying, no, you need to put that away. All right, okay, so I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Separation from the world involves more than keeping our distance from sin. It means staying close to God. See, you just can't separate from sin and then you left out there. It, it, it's just like this. When God cleans you up, if you don't refill with God, then whatever you was cleaned up from is coming back. Hello? So it's not, it's not good enough just to be cleansed and purified. You have to be filled. Because he's coming back to see because the house was swept clean. But you got to be full of God so that you can resist whenever that temptation. I don't care what temptation you have been delivered from. That temptation is coming back. And it's going to knock on your little door to see if you're going to let it back in again. Hello, this is pornography. Can I come in? Hello, hello, this is fear. You gonna let me in? You know you scared. Hello, hello, come on, come on. You know you anxious. You know you always anxious. You know you never forgave them. Hello, hello, you know you bitter about that thing, right? He hello, hello, can you gonna let me in again? Come on, come on, just let me a little piece, just a little piece in. Won't nobody know if you have a little bitterness. I, I don't know if he talked to you that way, but I tell you what, that's how he tries to get in with me. He just wanted just a little bit to come in. Just a little, just that little, just keep the door cracked. Don't, don't, you know, don't close it all the way. Just keep it cracked. You know, I don't know. Does he do you like that too? Yeah. Amen. And so what we have to do, the Bible says, submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil. You can't resist until a lot of people forget the first part. And they just want to go, see, all you got to do is resist the devil and he will flee. No, unless you are submitted to God, what kind of ammo are you going to have to, to resist the devil? 
See, when you submit yourself unto God, that means you come under his authority. See, that, that means it goes beyond being saved. He must be Lord. There are a lot of people just want the saved part of Jesus, but they don't want the Lordship. Because the Lordship means you submit under the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, I like the saved part. He saved me from my sin. But are you submitted under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Because you can't walk in an anointing without being submitted. You don't want to submit to anybody. You just want to be a leader. With no submission. You can't, you can't be a proper leader unless you know submission. Even Jesus submitted to his father. Hello, somebody. You got to learn how to submit under something. And once you learn how to submit, you'll know how to lead. See, you can't lead unless you know how to submit under somebody else. Hello, somebody. Oh, I just want to lead something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I talking to the right church this morning? All right. There should always be a delineation between saints and sinners, light and darkness, holy, righteousness, truth, lie. <laughs> See, it's nothing but truth and the lie. You either believe the truth or you believe the lie. The truth is the only thing that will set us free. The lie means it will keep us bound. And that's exactly what the devil wants us to believe is the lie. He wants us to believe that we can control our lives. He wants us to believe that our destiny is tied up in who we are, not in who he is. He wants us to believe that we somehow can change our sexual orientation. He wants us to believe that somehow we can be whoever we want to be. So somehow I'm a black man, so now I can just become Spanish. I mean, that's what this world is telling us. The world is telling us, well, I'm whoever I want to be in my mind. Well, then I'm a Spanish bro. So y'all need to stop addressing me like I'm black. I'm offended. Come on, can I make this plain for you? See, 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 when you go down that slippery slope, there is no stopping for you. That's why you got to have truth rather than an answer. Truth was here before we were. Jesus said, I am the truth. And in order to find truth, you got to go to Alpha. Am I talking to the right church? All right, so let me get into some delineations here. I just want to run some scriptures by you. I don't have them on the screen, but I want to run some scriptures by you real quickly here so that you can see that the Bible is correct. The Bible has these delineations. The Bible always have these scriptures in it. When I was doing the book Mixture and I was doing my research, I came across all of these passages about how God was always meticulously separating us from some stuff. See, a lot of times people take different scriptures and verses in the Bible to think that God was trying to separate the people of God because of racism it had nothing to do with race it had everything to keep people from being contaminated all right let me get into this so so the first scripture I want to bring to you is found in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 now let me give you some theology here this particular scripture is called the first gospel Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 it's called the first gospel in theology called they call this the the proto-evangelion the Proto-Evangelion. So that's what it's called in theology because it's known as the first gospel. Why? Because this verse introduces two key elements that, that are the basis of Christianity. 
The crushing of the head of the enemy and the bruising of the heel of the devil. I mean, the crushing of the head of the enemy and the bruising of the heel of Jesus. Remember? Y'all know the scripture, right? So he said that I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. And what would happen? His seed, her seed will will, will crush the head of the devil and his, the devil's seed would bruise the heel of Jesus. It's called the first gospel because God was putting a delineation between the two seeds. One seed gets us to Jesus. The other seed takes us to hell. So that's called the first gospel because God said, I'm putting enmity between the two seeds. Now listen, the devil thought he had God because a woman biologically, biologically does not have seed. Hope y'all know that, right, Caitlin? That's right. I got a nurse in there. I got a couple of nurses in the house. See, a woman doesn't have seed. The man does. So notice the words of God because God is all-knowing. God said, I'm going to put enmity between her seed. <laughs> See, God told the devil something that he didn't know. See, the devil didn't know that the woman could not, couldn't, couldn't be conceived without the seed of a man. But he, God can do whatever he wants to do. And since God made the woman, he can put a seed there. There are some things that God can do that the devil can't figure out. Come on, somebody. See, God can go all around that joker because he's not all-knowing. And you think just because the devil is attacking you that somehow he has you bound. If you move out into the things of the Lord, God say, I'll do things that will confuse the devil. The devil's trying to figure out, how did they get out of that? I had them bound up. I had them locked up they were afraid afraid they were depressed they were ready to kill themselves how in the world they came out looking good with their heads held up high praising God on a Sunday morning how in the world can you come out like that God just take your hand off of him yeah I'll take my hand off of him but just don't touch his life hello somebody God can do things that the devil don't have a clue about Don't think that the devil is all-knowing. He's not all-knowing. Hello, somebody. In the book of Exodus chapter 11, verse 7, Exodus chapter 11, verse 7 says, But against any of the children of Israel, a dog shall not move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know how the Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. God right there was making a definitive decision to say, the people of Egypt are like the people of the world. Israel is like the people that are, that are saved. He was telling us right there that there's going to be a sharp, distinct difference, saints of God. There's not going to be any blending when it comes down to the end. You are either going to be a saint or you're going to be classified as a sinner. There cannot be any gray in the church anymore. There can't be any mixture in the church anymore. You better know that you're saved and you better act like you are. See, see, I know we're always in the church saying that we're being judgmental, but I tell you what, would you rather be judged by man or judged by God? Because we can be wrong when we judge, but he'll never be wrong. 
Because when God judges, that's it, thanks of God. When he makes that, that final pronouncement, that it, there is no repentance, you can pray all day long because there won't be any answers. See, there are some things in hell that, that, that will not happen. There will be prayer in hell, but there won't be any answers. There will be some calling out in hell, but won't nobody answer. You're going to be in hell wanting water, but you won't get your thirst quenched. But it's amazing because the Bible says there's a lake in hell, but there is no water. Because it's a lake of fire. I don't want to go there. I preached a message some years ago that says, what in hell do you want? I don't know about you, but there's nothing in hell that I want. I, I don't want to even act like, I don't even want to think like somehow I just skirt out of hell. I don't want to be that close. I, I don't want to just say I'm, I'm a little bit of a Christian. I just don't want to go to hell. I, I, no, 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 no. I See, I, I want to be way up there close by the, by the shock of not glory of God, just in case. I, 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 don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the outskirts of the camp. I, I don't want to be this little Christian that said, you know, now that I've said the prayer, you know, I'm going to just go to church because that's the right thing to do. I'm really not going to read the Bible because it's confusing and I don't, uh-uh, no, no, that's not going to be me. No, I want everything that's in that word so that I can operate in it so I can get a, as far away from hell as I can. I don't want to even slip like I'm going to fall in. Nope, I don't even want to be close to it. I don't even want to, I don't want to smell it. I don't want to look like it. I don't want to act like it. I don't want to talk like it. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate but it didn't say be separated see we're not supposed to be isolationists we're supposed to go into the world to change the world we're not supposed to go in the world and let the world change us people talking about well I want to dress like the world look like the world talk like the world so I can win the world you already lost because we are called to be salt and light we're called to influence areas we're here to expose and eradicate sin, man. Come on. And we're putting up with too much. And as soon as the church started acting like soldiers, then we can start taking over. See, we've been, we've been punking out for too long. Too long. It's time for us to take a stand. You don't like me saying Jesus? Get away from me. Because, see, you don't understand. Jesus is the one that delivered me from alcohol. Jesus is the one that took care of my soul. You weren't there the night he found me. How dare you? I can't say the name of Jesus. It's the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Give him a praise in here today. Woo. There is no name given among men by which we can be saved. Somebody shout, Jesus! You put that name on it, man. They're afraid of the name of Jesus. Because, see, Jesus puts a delineation. Jesus says, here and no more. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You can do that, but you can't do that. So the Bible says, oh, this is a book about restriction. No, this is a book to save your life. You need to be restricted from some things. Hello, somebody. Because why? Because this flesh always want to run back to that last place of your vomit. That's where you will always go to. The last place where it was stinky. The last place where you were sinning. Your flesh always wants to go back. You think it won't? 
You just stay away from worship for a little while. You stay away from this word for a little while. You stay away from church for a little while. You're going to look around and say, how did I get in this stinking place? How did I get back up in here? How did I let him rape me? How did I let him have sex with me? How can I find myself in these crazy relationships all the time? Because you don't have a solid relationship with God. He said, I will be your husband. Come on, single folks. God says, I'll be your husband. I'll take care of your boo. He needs to be your bae. Uh-huh. See, see, the problem is, this is what the, some of these little church women, the problem is, oh, he, oh he's just so nice, and, uh, and he's just, yeah, he just takes care of me. He's always calling me. He's always calling me. He's, uh, baby, he, that, that ain't because of love. That brother got a problem. That brother keep tracking you down. You can't even get to work. He's caught. What you doing? I'm at work, bro. That's what I'm, where you at? You supposed to be at work too. Where, where are you? Why are you calling me? Aren't you working? Oh, see, y'all don't like this kind of preaching. You don't like this right here. And you in the background. You hear PlayStation in the background. Bro, you at home. No, babe, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to an interview. You ain't interviewing nothing. Talking about I'm looking in the, the book of job to get a job. In the book of Leviticus chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says this. It says, do not drink wine or strong drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle. So that means that we shouldn't be wine bibbers. That you don't die. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations. And that you are to make a distinction between holy and unholy. Unclean and clean. Saints, let me tell you something. From the pulpit to the pews, there should be some integrity and character of all God's people. But particularly from the pulpit. we got to get rid of some of this foolishness that we're seeing, all of this mixture going on in God's pulpit. And I'm telling you right now, I told you this a while back, that God was pulling this stuff down, and that people were going to lose their churches, and some people were going to die. Didn't I tell you that? Didn't I prophesy that to you? It's happening right now before our eyes. That's why you better know what kind of church you are a part of. I don't play this church stuff. I don't play games with people. Look, I'm going to roll up on you and say, look, what, what are you going to do? Because, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow the Lord. So what are you going to do, saints of God? I'm in too deep now. <laughs> I ain't going back. I've cried too many tears. I've prayed too many prayers to go back now. I've been hurt too many times already. I've been stabbed too many times already. I've been lied on too many times already. So since I'm going to get stabbed and lied on anyway, I might as well get stabbed and lied on 
while I'm doing the things of the Lord and walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. You can go ahead and stab me and talk about me, but I'm going to keep on walking for the Lord. I'm going to keep on doing what God has called me to do. Aren't you going to do that too? Can I get two or three people to get up on your feet and say, I'm going to keep on walking with the Lord. Keep on walking. See, there has to be a distinction, saints of God, between what we do and what they do. And when I say they, I'm talking about the world. You shouldn't be looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world. Saints of God. Listen, you might even say to me, go ahead and sit down. You might even say, you might even say, okay, Pastor, well, I'm trying to work this thing out. I understand that. I got that better than anybody. I, I, I came from some dire straits. Amen. I didn't just happen to get saved and then all of a sudden I became a pastor. You got to realize that. But there was a process and there were some things I had to separate from before I was able to get to the next level. See, see, I know I know we're in a church now. We keep talking about greater things are yet to come and your latter end shall be greater and and blah, blah, blah. I hear all of that stuff. But saints of God, can I can I just tell you something? Every time you make those kinds of statements, you best believe you will be tested. The test is coming. Why? The test is there to purify you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let me, let me, can I give you some more? Let, 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 me, let, me, let me give you some more. Come on, come on, write this down. Write this down. I had some more scriptures, but write this down. We have not been called to blend in with sin. We've been called to expose and eradicate it. See, see, I'm, see, you are not supposed to be a Christian chameleon. I pray that God would deliver the church from being a Christian chameleon. You in church, ha, ba, ba, ta, ta, ba, ha, but then on Monday you cussing folks out. You're saying stuff you shouldn't be saying. You got thoughts that you should not be having. Next Sunday, you, hey, da, 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 ba, ba, ba. You know that ain't nothing but foolishness. That ain't nothing but foolishness, saints of God. And guess what? You might be fooling the church, but you ain't fooling God. And you ain't fooling church folk either, because they're looking at you like, that, that, see what, get, I give it two minutes, five, four, three, two, one. See? See, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that foolishness. Now, I'm using generalities, but you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. Amen. Listen, don't let that be you. See, let me tell you something. When I'm up here praising God, I ain't even thinking about y'all. I got stuff I need from the Lord. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> you can watch me and say, oh, that pastor's crazy. Yep, I am. I'm crazy about the Lord. See, see, you have to be a little crazy to be a pastor in the first place. If you don't have like some little craziness about you, I would just suggest don't even try to leave God's house. I mean, come on. David one time had slob going all down his mouth. See, y'all don't even want to talk. See, David was, <laughs> David passed himself off being a, <laughs> a lunatic. He was slobbing and, <laughs> and all this. That's because he wouldn't get captured. So y'all might have forgot about that scripture. If you don't have a little craziness about you, 
Listen, just leave this leadership stuff alone. Can I just help you? Don't even do it. Because, man, I'm telling you something, you're going you're gonna to have to fight some stuff that's going to hit you when you least expect it. Trust me when I say that. As a pastor, things never stop. You think just because we go home after service that all of a, oh, that was a great service. Pastor can go home and rest. As soon as I get home, the phone is ringing. People mad. You ain't called me. Man, I'm tired. Did you preach? See, see, see. I'm telling you, church folk don't like this kind of talk. Well, you are the pastor, and you should always be on. And who told you that? <laughs> uh, apparently, you're reading the wrong Bible. Listen, I am the pastor, but I'm not Jesus. Let's make that real clear. We're not Jesus. Leaders are not Jesus. We're, we're just trying to follow this thing. We're trying to get this thing right. And listen, we miss it. I miss it all the time, saints of God. If I've hurt you, I apologize. I don't, I don't try to hurt you on purpose. But we all pastors miss it. Don't you miss it too? Every day, right? So here's the deal. So can we just love each other and forgive each other like we did in the world? Oh, okay, so y'all don't want to talk about it. Since you don't want to talk about it, let me go there. In the world, see, when I was out drinking in the clubs with my boys, we would be fire mad with each other, fighting, drunk and fighting. The next day, we call each other up and say, bro, you all right? Let's go get a beer. Right, Sam? Come on, put up the beer. <laughs> Sam said, yep, let's go get a drink. Why? And you don't even bring it up anymore. But in the church... You just try to walk in the church with the same kind of dress on. Who does she think she is walking up in here like she knew I looked at that hat before she did. I ain't coming back to that church. Over stupid stuff. Can we get past this kind of stuff, saints? See, this is killing the church. Right? And let me tell you, the biggest thing we need to do in the church, and, 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 and I might hurt somebody's feelings right now, but you know what? This is for me, too. The best thing we need to do in the church is grow up. Oh. We just need to grow up. This is not new. Paul had the same problem with the Corinthian church. Paul said, I wish I could have brought you some meat. But since I can't teach you meat because you're still drinking milk, he said, I got to go back and teach you the elementary doctrines because you don't even know how to study the word. You should be teaching people, but I got to come back and teach you again. Oh, yeah, that's that's over there in, in the book of Corinthians. I hope you all know that. Right. This is nothing new. But we have to preach the same thing because obviously the church is still not getting it. We all have to grow up, including the pulpit. People in the pulpit got to stop acting like babies. Listen, the church ain't there to, to serve your every whim. I don't need you grabbing my stuff all the time and, Pastor, let me do this for you. I got arms. 
You're coming in with 12 folks. Who's, who's after you? You got 12 folks. You're walking in the church. You can't, your people can't even get to you because you got 12 bodyguards. Who is after you? I know this ain't going to go over well. I know, I know it ain't going to go over well. But listen, I, I am not here to try to make friends in church. I'm here to preach the truth to you. And the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. Can somebody say amen? And that's what's been hurting the church. You can't even get to the man of God. You can't even get to the woman of God. That's who you need to talk with. That's who you need to have a relationship with. Amen. But even if you can't, even if you can't, wouldn't a deacon do too? Wouldn't an elder do too? So we need to grow up. Because a man that has a thousand folk, he can't come talk to all y'all. Let me tell you, I'll tell you this. When we have a thousand folk, I ain't talking to all of you. I ain't happening. Can I just be honest with you? You can't, you can't do that to a thousand people. This is why in the Old Testament, he set up the elders. A pagan man came to Moses and said, boy, you're going to kill yourself. Set up where your leaders, man. Set up some leaders that are qualified. Because if you're not qualified, you can't be a leader. And listen, most people are disqualified themselves. Yeah. Some of you want to be leaders in here, but you're scared. Don't be scared. Tell them, JC, don't be scared. Come on, man. I need you. I need you. The leaders in this church need you. Why? Because we can't do it by ourselves. We need people who see this thing, and they got a heart to build it. Amen? And so we need people that's going to run with it. I'm not saying that you got deacon or elder. I'm just saying, just, just stand up in the church. Do something. Do something to make a difference. Can, can you do something to make the devil mad? Yeah. Just because he's attacking your little finances don't mean you made him mad. You know how you make the devil mad? You rip people out of darkness and you translate them into the kingdom of his dear son. That's how you make the devil mad. So can we just do something to make the devil mad? Can we go tell somebody about Jesus and his saving grace? Can we just get past the vicissitudes of life and everything that we're going through so that we can help somebody else? This is the gospel message. This is what we should be going out into the world to see and to say is that, listen, I don't have it all together, but I got a God who can change your life. I, I, haven't, I, don't have, I don't know all the scriptures, but I know a God who can touch your life. I know a God who can heal you. I know a God who can save you. I know a God who can deliver you. You don't have to have it all together. Just know you got a God who's got it all together. And saints, if we can unite on this front, if we can just stop talking bad about one another, confront sin. Because when I start talking about stuff that's going on in churches, I'm confronting sin and mixture. That's what I'm confronting. I'm not putting my mouth on any church. 
Because when you do that, you're talking about your brother and your sister. See, Apostle Paul did never put his mouth on the church. He put his mouth on false prophets and teachers. That's what we need to be rebuking in the house of God because we got too many people that don't understand Scripture. And they're allowing people to come in the church, get a pat on the back, living in sin, and they're not convicted of sin. They're living in sin. I'm not here to applaud you in your sin. I'm here to convict you of your sin so that sin can be eradicated and we can break every chain off of your life. Whoa, that's the message that we need to be preaching. But that's the message that get preachers in trouble right there, man. Mm-hmm. See, see, when we start talking about fire shut up in your bones, man, that ain't going to happen when, when, when the pastor getting up there and you got icicles in the... <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Praise God. I had a whole lot more, but uh, I'm going to stop right there. Praise God. I think we need to pray. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.